Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is sponsored by the amazing people at Word Sprint, making your brand look great. Hi, this is Paul Lemberg, and I want to welcome you to Orchestrating Success with Hugh Ballou. This podcast is all about ways to redefine leadership as a pathway to increasing your business or nonprofit income. Now, here's Hugh with today's session. We are broadcasting live, and um, this is this is part of uh, my interview series with leaders that matter. And um, give people a little snapshot: who is Carmine, and what is your your secret gift? So, Hugh, uh, um, it's a good question, and uh, I am a an inventor at heart. I've always loved to make things. Um, I've been in business. Uh, since I was in high school, I've never worked for anyone. I've been an entrepreneur all my life. And um, I've always had a knack for looking and finding the next thing, um, either making it, breaking it, or inventing it. And uh, that's kind of my, my little knack of doing things. I either make a business and, or, or I'll find somebody who's doing something and help them make it better. Yeah. Um, other people talk about your, your superpower and all of that. I just think it's, you have a gift and because you have that gift, you're in business and we people who are in business, we, we are entrepreneurs. We, um, we make a living because we provide value to other people. We solve problems. And I wanted to have you on my podcast series. This is called orchestrating success. And People that are watching this can view it, um, can go to Orchestrating Success on the iTunes store or Hubaloo podcast, hubaloopodcast.com and see all the episodes and this will be, this will be there. It'll be in the, the 50s as far as the number of episodes. Right. And um, <clears throat> Carmine and I have met uh, each other over the years and just gotten reconnected and um, we, we help people achieve their goals. I do it through creating the business strategy and Carmine helps them figure out what to do with the brilliant invention. And Carmine, there's some, there's some unique things about entrepreneurs, but there are even more unique things about entrepreneurs who are inventors. So what are the top challenges that you see uh, that inventors face in trying to take their product to market and making a living or making money with their brilliant ideas? Well, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of challenges and, and they're growing. When you say challenges, it's, it's something that an entrepreneur um, wakes up in the morning to face. Um, there is no entrepreneur that thinks that, oh, I'm going to take it easy today or this is going to be simple. And an entrepreneur who chooses to invent or, or create a product is, is a person who's going to face a lot of challenges. It's not only defining and making a product that's either never been made before or making something better, but there's a lot of challenges in getting that product out to the market, finding the right target market, uh, getting cost control, getting manufacturing for that product, actually creating it in the right way so it operates the way it's supposed to. 
and then finding a store or finding TV shopping that will carry that product and then actually making a profit because they have to build a business around it. So the sequence of thinking about that product from the beginning, I'm going to be an entrepreneur or maybe I am an entrepreneur, and then actually taking that product through that sequence, through that process, it's very challenging to stay within those boundaries. And we need help to do it. No, no entrepreneur, no successful person really has ever done something great alone. That's a key phrase. No one has ever done anything great alone. That's a soundbite right there. Well, uh, in um, the... 30 years of working with, with leaders in charities and in business, it's mostly social entrepreneurs. We're doing something different. We're not working for a company. And so our, our skill set and our independence sometimes works against us. And because we got a brilliant idea does not mean that we're going to be successful. And so my podcast is, is called Orchestrating Success, which is what I'm hearing you do. The subtitle is, converting passion to profit. And I guess like me, you see a whole lot of people have great ideas and great passion, but they hit a wall. Mm. So what I'd like to do is explore where some of those walls are and what are some of the things that a reasonable uh, entrepreneur should consider in order to put those successful people around them that you just talked about and then having a guide for the process. Uh, so let's, let's explore some of those themes um, out of the people that have great ideas for inventions, um, how many of those people would you say mm -hmm. succeed and what percent succeeds and what percent fails? It, it, it's, um, and I'm not trying to be negative in any way. Uh, it, it's, it is a very small amount. And, and the reason being, there's many, many factors of why and why products sometimes don't make it um, further than an idea phase, further than a prototyping phase, it may not be the inventor. It may be the market. It may be a commodity that you just can't overcome pricing strategies. It may be a product that just can't be made for a certain um, demographic. There are many, many issues that could subside and run into and stop somebody for, and they run into a wall. Now, having the right team together having the right decision makers, and if you follow the right process or the right sequence, you can overcome those because you have run into that without spending a lot of funds and resources. So going back to your actual question is the small amount of people who can control their emotions, not fall in love with their product. Now, when I say that, you want to be emotional about your product. It's your baby. It's, it's a, your idea. But if you're going to look at it as a business, you have to have other people around you that will be able to make those business decisions when you can't because it is your baby, it is your love, it is your product, and you are emotionally attached to it. So having that team together, having those people that will be able to make those right decisions will help you get over that wall when you run into it. A lot of inventors think or want to do everything themselves. Not only have they been taught that they think that they have to do everything themselves, which you, you teach in your teachings that they don't. Um, but for some reason, society looks down on people when they ask for help. Now, you need help to make that product, to get it out there. Myself, I have taken hundreds of products through the industrial channels and through to market, and I need help on almost every one of those because I can't do it all. So there's a lot of reasons that a product may not make it far enough, um, 
But the ones that do, it is a very small amount because those people have taken it in stride and followed the correct sequence. Wait a minute. You've actually taken products to market? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nothing gets by me, brother. <laughs> um, so your business is called Inventors Launchpad? That's correct. Is that, uh, is that the link, inventorslaunchpad.com? It is inventorslaunchpad.com, just how it sounds, correct. Launchpad. That's why behind you, there's a rocket ship in your office. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, <clears throat> my challenge when I speak to passionate inventors is that there's a, a, a strong element of denial. Um, like Zig Ziglar says, they think denial is a river in Egypt. <laughs> and it, it, there's this, this thing, I've got this great thing and the, the world is going to beat a pathway to my door. And, and so why does somebody need an advisor like Carmine to help them navigate the waters when they could just probably try and figure it out themselves? Well, again, um, the need is really a want. If they really truly want to succeed, they need to be surrounded by good people, by a good team. Um, as we talked about earlier, it's very, very tough to do everything on your own. Some people do succeed doing everything on their own, but some people also win the lotto and there are people that will make it and it will be a small percentage. Um, the need, um, it isn't really a need. It's more of a want to succeed. If you want the help, if you come to the point where you say, you know, I've taken this as far as I can and I need some help. That's really what you want. I mean, you don't, you want people to kind of fall down a little bit. You want them to make a few missteps. I don't even like the word mistakes. Those missteps make them stronger. They make them smarter, but it's the people that realize that from those missteps, they need help. Those are the ones that reach out to somebody like you, who um, somebody to somebody like us, and we can help them. We even bring in people that are going to help us help them. It's a team effort bringing any kind of product, even a business, building a large-scale business, you can't do it on your own. Well, and, and those are words of wisdom that I think fall in the deaf ears. So if somebody wants to learn about what's missing, now the Baloo 1090 rule that I've created is that what you have, your knowledge, your product, your service, uh, your book, your keynote, that's 10% of your business, 90% is all of that stuff that's under the water that holds the iceberg, the tip of the iceberg up. So the 90% is partly your, your business strategy, your leadership. Um, but it's also, if you have a specific channel, like I have a product, I want to go to market and maybe everybody that's an inventor doesn't need to build a business. Um, to speak to the leadership skills from your standpoint, I'm thinking that um, uh, an inventor is a visionary person, not a tactical person. So because you got a product, does that mean you should build a business? That, that is 100% that is correct. Um, there is no rule or nothing written that you 100%, if you're an inventor, a design, a creative person, there's no reason why you need to be at the helm of that ship unless you want to. Now, you're going to take it a certain point, but the very, very smart, um, creative people, inventor-type people, very smart business entrepreneur people will hand those reins off to somebody who that's what they do. And they're the, the, 
the history books are littered with companies where the the person that built the company tried to take it all the way through and it just crashed. But there's also history has people where they realized they needed help and they realized that it was time to hand those reins off and hire a CEO, hire a president, hire different people that knew what they were doing. So it is the, the very gifted per- person who can see that and know when it's time to hand those reins off. That's so wise. That's so wise. And I guess the first realization from, from my perspective is for somebody to realize I'm a creative person. Maybe it's not my gift to run a business and maybe I don't need to run a business. So are there other ways that people can go to market with their product and still hold and hold that, that ownership of the product and make money with it and maybe get there faster than trying to build a business? Are there other options? Oh, cer- certainly. And that's the great part about this types of industry. It's great. I mean, we're, we have global business now because of the internet, because of the speed in which we do business. There are so many different ways. And, and the other is licensing. I mean, we've all heard of it. A lot of people use the word licensing. They really don't know how it works. Now, being a creative person just want, where that just wants to develop products or um, make things, uh, they can try licensing, which is a great idea. Whereas when you license a product, you are assigning the rights to use it. You're not giving away your ownership of the product. You're assigning the rights to use that product for a company to sell. So if you had a product and you found a large company that wants to take that product from you, they would license it from you and for a certain amount of time and they would give you royalties for it. And that is a great way for people to make money. And it happens all the time. On on my podcast uh, just earlier today, I had a a licensing agent, uh, a woman that uh, called the inventor lady, and she licenses products for people. She, find, she finds the products, and then she finds the companies and matches them together. And licensing is a great way for someone who does not, and I will repeat, someone who does not want to build a business. They just want to make products, and it's a great way to do it. There are lots of challenges in building any kind of business. You got right. employees, you got payroll, you got reports, tax returns, you got reports to the government, you got labor uh, things. So there's a whole lot of things that maybe you hadn't thought through dealing with and maybe licensing might be an option for people. Now, if, if people go to <clears throat> um, Inventor's Launchpad, is there a place they can um, email you or book a consultation with you? Is there some way they can have a conversation? Because it occurs to me there's a whole lot of questions that people should ask about their specific situation. That's correct. We have five people here um, all day. And all they do is receive phone calls and answer questions. I mean, I can almost, I can hear their voices in my ears all the time. And not only that, but we have videos, we have a books out, we have information online. So inventorslaunchpad.com, go to it, just put in contact information and somebody will get back to them right away, or we'll be able to answer their questions quickly. We also have Facebook uh, groups, LinkedIn groups. So we really try to educate a inventor or creative person as much as possible before they get started because it always is better to start the knowledge start the learning before it's better than after oh that's awesome that's two things i've learned today a you've taken products to market and you got five people there answering phone calls sounds like you got a real business man (laughs) wow this is uh i knew you were good at this i'm just beginning to get the idea of the scale of what you're doing so I think there's a whole lot of questions <clears throat> that um, I'm not an inventor. 
I think of, I wish somebody would invent this. And that's as far as I take it. Um, but I, I, I realized that, that 90%, well, first of all, a hundred people have an idea. Only three people do something about it. And then 90% of those people will fail because mm-hmm. uh, they, they just haven't taken time to put experts around them to help, help complement. In, in my podcast series, I interviewed Cal Turner, um, a while back and he went to his team at Dollar General and said, I've got the skills because I got this job because my dad founded the company. I've got the vision. You got the skill. I think I said that backwards. I got the vision. You got the skill. Let's go public, which they did. But he had the team around him. So, but he knew we're going public. We have this thing that we do. We serve people in low income communities. And they went public and then they sold it later for $7.3 billion. If, if he had pretended to know all the answers and tell them what to do, that would have been a formula for, for failure. This mm-hmm. company that turned out to be extremely well run, extremely prosperous. And we don't think as, as entrepreneurs, we don't want to ask for help. And it's not really asking for help. It's looking for partners where there's a win-win. And so I think I'd like to take it out of the paradigm of help. Let's, let's find somebody to partner with us. We've got the idea. Somebody else has the system and well, you'll make money for helping them. They'll make a whole lot more money if, if you help them than if they continue stalling and putting money down a black hole, which they're never going to see back. Mm-hmm. So um, I think there's a whole lot of questions that, that people would ask. So respond to what I just said. Am I, am I in sync with you? You're, you're right on. You're, you're, again, I know you've been doing this a long time on the business side of it, and you've seen people come and go that you, know, you probably know right away if you're going to be able to help them or not. And you're right on, right on the money. There's no doubt about it. Um, being able to get someone to realize if they, that they know or don't know something and then going out and talk to people and ask them to be on their team, it's not always a nominal thing. People like to help people in these industries and in a lot of industries. It's not just a nominal thing. I mean, they, they definitely want to get paid. Everything that should be done by an inventor should be to make money in the long run for revenue. There's no doubt about it, but that's where those missteps sometime occur. And then when you can get people on your team and give them a promissory of revenues or, hey, this is what we're going to do. A lot of people just want to work for a good cause. Obviously, they need to make money. But bringing good, bringing good people on your team and then not listening to them, that is a recipe for failure. They will not stay around. Yeah. And those are people that I can't help. They're not good. They're not coachable. Correct. So good coaching clients. Um, <clears throat> now, what about people that already have inventions and that's in the market, sort of? They've got a manufacturer that's offshore and they're delivering it, but it's not quite getting to the level that they, they expect that it should be. Um, are those people that ought to contact you as well? Well, yes, we can help them. There are, you know, again, many people that can help um, in that sense. And there are many people we call it in that limbo stage where they're making some money, but they've given themselves a job and that's good but it's also not to the point where they want to be. It's because they just either, the resources aren't there. They're trying to do it all on their own because again, they're control maniacs or whatever it is. And they just want everything to be perfect. And you and I know the word perfect. It just doesn't exist. The good part is, is that there's ways to version your product. Um, so just like Apple, <laughs> you know, if they waited around to sell number seven phone and they didn't sell one through six, they wouldn't have made all that money. So the product doesn't have to be perfect. 
So a lot of times people are out there and they're selling their product and they're making it themselves at their house and they can only make a few. And it's not because the market doesn't want it, it's because they want to control every aspect. So again, yes, you're right. There are people out there that can call us. We can help them with manufacturing. We can get it at a lower price. Price could be the issue. The, um, the, they may not be able to make enough. Uh, money might be the issue. They can't put in a large purchase order with a factory where if they do get a purchase order from a big box store, we can help them with those funds. So in, in many cases, 99% of the time, we can help those companies that are actually doing what they should do or that need that help. We can usually help them move farther. Yeah, one of the stresses is you have a product and you get a big order. Yeah. I, I just hear you say if you get a big order from a big box store, you can help them with the funding. Sure, no, no doubt about it. All right, that's um, that's that's good to know because that can that can put you under trying yeah. or or put you out of business because you can't deliver. <clears throat> so you don't do you can't support the supplier or the the vendor either, right. either way. Um, wow. Wow. So that's, um, that's, that's a revelation in itself. So a lot of questions um, come to mind that people might want to ask. Let me read down a, a list of a bunch of questions here. And, I, I'm, and rather than trying to deal with them all in, in this podcast, um, what I'm thinking is which, when people want an interview with you, should they have thought through, you know, what they want to receive from you? Should they have thought through some of these? So, Things that I see come up, and I'm sure you see up, and you've given me these. Um, is my product a good fit for home shopping? H H S N or QVC? Should I license it or try to sell it myself through retailers? Is there a specific process timeline, or you know, to develop my product and get it to market? Um, should I look for a full patent or a provisional patent? Um, what should I do to find investors? Do I need a advisory group? What about this crowdfunding things? And then how do I, if I go offshore to an overseas manufacturer, will mm -hmm. they just take my idea and steal it? And then um, I've, I've, I've heard of micro manufacturing. Any of those jump out at you as the most common questions. And when people want to know how to address those, are there resources on your site to help them think through those? Uh, yes. Uh, yes to all of those. I can tell you that several of those questions are um, fearful questions that people want to know. And a lot of times the, those questions that you ask, several of those will hold people back from moving forward. Um, I can tell you that a lot of people contact our office. They want to know if their product can get on HSN or QVC or even infomercials. Uh, we are connected with many of the companies. Um, we have um, connections within those companies and the products that get on there are very um, it's just a very small amount. The product has to be a fit in a specific um, subject matter. So um, just because you have an idea, you have a good product, and if it doesn't go on QVC or HSN or an infomercial, it doesn't mean it's a bad product. Uh, because they're talking about dollars per minute, a product has to fit in a certain category, and that's it. So if, they, if QVC or HSN or even an infomercial turns you down, it's not because you have a bad product. It just doesn't fit in their, in their sequence, in their category. So it's not a big deal. And a lot of people, they get very discouraged when they send a product to one of these places and they get turned down or they never hear back. And they think it's, you know, think, oh, my product isn't good. But I can tell you that we are very close with some of the large infomercials companies and, and the guys over at HSN and QVC. And I can tell you, we send products there all the time 
and a lot of them get turned down. I mean, we had a few products on HSN last month and a month before, but one out of a hundred products, uh, you know, is, is good. I can tell you that's good. So, so don't, don't get discouraged if your product doesn't make it on one of the TV shopping channels. Uh, it's, it's not that big a deal. You obviously know your stuff. Um, I wanted to have you on this podcast because I see so many people that have really good stuff and they're really struggling because they're trying to figure out one thing after the other. Number one, they don't have a strategy for their business. Number two, they don't have a guide to guide them through all of these nuances that you're talking about. So even if people don't hire you, they can go to your website and learn some things about what they should be doing. But the, the bottom line for what I'm, I'm hearing is why would you want to work by yourself and waste a whole lot of time and money and piss off your family when <laughs> you could, could actually have a guide to help you step through a process. I don't, I don't get it. Do you find a lot of people just don't want to go there and just think they're going to figure it out themselves? Well, yeah. And, and it's, um, it's nothing to, to be ashamed of. It's nothing to be mad at. It's, it's people, people are fearful in a sense. Everyone has some type of fear in, in them. And, and sometimes they just don't want to tell somebody about their idea. Or sometimes they don't want to say they made a mistake or whatever that issue is. The fastest, the faster you can overcome that. And I can tell you, we've heard almost everything here. The faster you can overcome that, the quicker we can help you, the quicker we can straighten out that and get you back in sequence. Wherever you are, whatever position you're in, if you come over to us, or again, or another company that kind of does what we do, um, and, and they can help you get back into sequence because it's so important. It's so important to get back going because you only have a limited amount of resources. I don't care if you have investors and they're giving you money. They're only going to do that for so long and to make sure that you are going to produce. So everybody's under the gun. Even if you get an investment money, as you know, Hugh, investment money isn't the all answer to everything. I mean, when you take investment money, you better deliver. It's a different world. Uh, it, you now have partners who are very interested in what you're doing. And so there's a commitment once you accept a check. I find a lot of people um, assume that getting money is going to fix everything. Mm -hmm. And you just hit on a big topic. No, it won't. First of all, if you're not ready to receive money, you likely won't get it. Mm -hmm. If you should get it, it, it's a magnifier. It magnifies good and bad. So if you're not ready, it's going to magnify that. I've seen people raise mm, up to $10, $11 million and go through it all with products and still not be in profit. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's, it's the leadership piece that's a problem, but also not having a, a product person to help guide the, that whole complex process. Um, so where do we start? Um, I, this has been really helpful thinking through some challenges. The, the prevalent themes I'm hearing that are things that I work on mm -hmm. in this whole podcast series is, number one, how do we orchestrate success? And we have a passion. We want to convert it to profit in all the different sense of the word. And in, in a product, it means monetary profit. We've got to generate money. And everything we, we do should be focusing on sales. You talked about HSN has to judge a product on dollars per minute. They've got a model. They really clearly understand their market and what's going to work and what's not going to work. Mm -hmm. And also here, there's other options. So for those people that have great ideas, um, I'm going to 
recommend they go to uh, inventorslaunchpad.com and look at the resources. And you're just a real friendly face there. Uh, you've got a real genuine spirit about you wanting to help people. And those are the kind of people I like in my network. And it's, it's, a, it's a big deal. So I, I appreciate you taking time to, to share with my podcast listeners. We, um, you know, this is good advice for anybody, not just inventors, because we're inventing books. <laughs> we're yeah. inventing keynotes. We're inventing all kinds of services that we offer people. And I guess the takeaway for me is why should I try to do it all myself? And you started out at the top of this by saying that the really successful people do not do it all by themselves. And two weeks ago, I was at the, um, at the Napoleon Hill Foundation and wow. reviewing the research that Napoleon Hill gathered from all those successful people. He defined just exactly what you're saying. They surrounded themselves with successful people. And what I see a lot is inventors hang around other broke inventors. So everybody's broke. You become like the people you hang around. And mm -hmm. so I guess it's time to break that, that expectation, that model, reach out, look for partners. And I th I'm helping people refine, reframe the word, look for help. And another thing you, you highlighted, you've given a lot of good sound bites here. Um, <laughs> we do things that don't work. I would call those, reclassify those as learning opportunities. Those, mm. are, those are chances to get smarter only if we pay attention and do something different. I, I love it when people say, oh, I made a mistake, and I ask them, what did you learn? Well, it didn't work. I'm going to try it again. Well, you didn't learn anything. Yeah. You didn't learn everything. The other key thing that you surfaced here is forgive yourself. You've done that. All of us have screwed up. We haven't, we've done things that haven't worked. And that's a shadow that's going to inhibit our forward momentum if we don't forgive ourselves for being human. Um, so you've given a whole lot of really good nuggets in this interview for any kind of entrepreneur, but more appropriately and specifically for Stay With The New Teeth, sorry, specifically for inventors. And so inventors are business people. And so as we're kind of wrapping up this interview, what's a, what's a thought or a piece of advice that you'd like to leave people with who've got brilliant ideas and they, they feel stuck. What's a piece of advice you'd like to leave with them? So there's a lot of pieces of advice that we go across is one, you have to try often and fail a lot. There's no doubt about it. Definitely throw as many things as you can against the wall. Most of them are going to fail, but you're going to get a few nuggets, a few things that are going to teach you things or they're going to help you move forward. And secondly, don't treat your product as a commodity. Don't, play the price game, you know, get yourself and be the echelon top person. And this way you don't have to fight a commodity, so, you know, get yourself, get your product, say, this is the best product that's out there on the market. And then you don't have to play the, play the price war game with someone, because if you get into a price war, nobody wins. So you want to get your product to be where it's supposed to be and people just buy it. It's not a, it's not a question of pricing. So, you know, don't get into the commodity war and pricing war. Don't play it or pray it, either one. There you go. <laughs> That's really good advice for any any business person. We've uh, you mentioned Apple earlier. Apple does not get in the price war. No, and they've got a, a a product that's that's intuitive. 
it's interesting when they release a product, they don't toot their horn about it. They hear <laughs> something new and people find yeah. out, Oh, it's got a lot more than they told us. Mm-hmm. And, and so that, that advice of claiming your brilliance and then seeking the right price point, that's part of what you help people determine. Is it? You're exactly right. 100%. And, and again, you know, it's, it's, it's all about trial and error. There's no doubt about it. And being able to strategically place yourself. So when you have those missteps, you just move on. It doesn't, doesn't make or break your company, but you, cause you strategically tested things. It's called testing. It's not mistakes. It's great. That's a good soundbite. We want to manufacture 10,000 and put them on the market. We haven't tested it. We haven't, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. another, you've given us so many nuggets, Carmine. Thank you for um, sharing your wisdom today with my listeners and I look forward to future conversations. You're a, you're also, also a really nice person. I've enjoyed our interactions over the years. And I know that anybody who works with you has a really good relationship because you have a very nurturing, nurturing spirit about you. Thank you for sharing all of these great sound bites today. Well, thank you. And, and again, thanks for inviting me on the show. It's been great. And I feel the same way about you. you you've helped so many people over the years and um, I hear great things about you all the time. And that's, I think, why we, uh, we stayed friends over these years because we have the same kind of outlook on life and, and helping people. I love it. I love it. Carmine uh, represents inventorslaunchpad.com. Um, I, I wanted to share this with, with entrepreneurs because it's just a repositioning. So Carmine, thank you for all the wisdom today. We're going to say goodbye. This session is sponsored by Word Sprint. Word Sprint is really a mailing, an authority mailing business. They can connect with your tribe, whether it's donors, whether it's customers, whether it's organizations. They are first class printing operation. They print the magazine that I'm co-publisher for, Nonprofit Professional Performance 360 magazine. You can find it nonprofitperformance.org, nonprofitperformance.org. They also print our flyers and we stay in touch with a piece of paper that people can hold in their hand and it's followed up with an email hi joe did you get the magazine that i sent to you yesterday be sure to look at the article on page five i believe it will give value to you wordsprint has the most sophisticated systems for donor retention for client retention to improve your bottom line with the tribe that depends on you for information. Profit depends on maintaining and building effective relationships. WordSprint is the authority, the best printing, the best touch points, the best systems. Go to wordsprint.com and ask for a free appointment to see how they can improve your bottom line. Thanks for listening today to the Orchestrating Success Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes to stay focused on ways to redefine leadership and increase your profit. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.